And I think I have this feeling where it feels like he always needs something from me. I've always said that there's like this connection that him and I have where I feel like he needs a lot of my energy. Mm -hmm. And it's always been that way. Like since he was a baby. He was a baby. He was a baby. Tell Me About Your Kids is a chance for you to listen in on unscripted conversations with connected parenting specialist Bonnie Harris. As she talks with real parents like you about real struggles like yours, these counseling sessions get to the heart of why our buttons get pushed as parents and offer tips and advice useful no matter your child's age. Listen in and subscribe to let go of old habits and raise your kids in a way that feels good. If you're having a parenting challenge and need help, visit BonnieHarris.com for free resources, schedule a session, or get a free one-on-one counseling session by becoming a podcast guest. We're all in it together. You're not alone. Thanks for listening. Tell me about your kids. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Kids. I'm Bonnie Harris, and I am your host, and Adam Arnone is here with me. As always. As always. As always. Yep. Nice to see you. All-around good guy. (laughs) Yes. Hassle dad. That's going to be on my tombstone. (laughs) (laughs) All-around good guy. All-around good guy. And and often hassled dad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. funny. Um, you talked to Kat today, yep. um, and I, I like that name. I've always, know, li- I've always liked too. all the cats that I've known in my yeah, life. Yeah, I do too. Um, and this one was about boundaries and which again, they're, they're all, I don't know why I say that every single time. I'm like, you know what? This one was relatable. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> they're all really, they're all relatable. Um, because it does seem like there's that spectrum mm-hmm. that, that you, every parent travels where it's like. If you're not dealing with this thing right now, you probably will mm-hmm. and or you have. Mm-hmm. So you're whatever, wherever you are on the spectrum, you're constantly going mm-hmm. sort of backwards and forwards, it seems. Um, but the but the boundaries was was really interesting based on she was taught. Kat was talking about how her one of her children specifically will interrupt constantly. And that or that feeling of interrupting constantly when she's in the middle of a conversation, when she's on her way to do something. I related to that a lot. My 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 son specifically is the king of I could I could be so determined. I'm going to go put this thing away in this specific place. I've been Mm -hmm. meaning to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm halfway there. And And he just swings out of nowhere. (laughs) Derailed. Yeah, yeah. Just like I need help with this thing right now. And so I've had to learn strategies on how to remember what it was that I was doing. And that's important because some people don't learn those strategies. And what you don't want to do is blame your child for the derailing. That was not their intention. Their intention is to get what they want when they want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's hard to see when you're you're just like, oh, this would make me feel so good if I could just put this thing away. Get this done. Yes, this. Yeah, I've got to finish this. Yes. Anything. Right. Right? uh, Yes. Then your child is right there. Ah, you've got to do this. (laughs) You've got to do this right now. Ah, help. (laughs) Yes, there's been many times that I've, you know, just like thinking about, oh, wait, did I get that 
thing done that I was going to feel good about, <laughs> like 9.30, you know? And, and right. There's been times and, when oh I've gotten Oh, my God, up. I forgot all about, yeah. <laughs> Not only did I forget that, but I was also in the middle of doing a different thing, which I needed to do and mm-hmm. didn't do because there yeah. was an extra thing, um, you know? And, and that, again, comes down to the way that your children demand your attention and, you know, sort of the energy that they need from you and how to protect yourself from not feeling like they are just taking more than... um, Exactly. I was going to say more more than you you want them to take or more than they mean to take. Well, yeah, the difference is in how much you allow them to take. Mm. And... I think what we do is get furious with our kids when they do the derailing, even though it's not their intention, but they've derailed you, you're furious, you're annoyed, you're interrupted. Obviously, you haven't done a good job as a parent to teach your kids to be considerate of your every move, and so you lose it, thereby making it your child's responsibility for derailing you. And that's what we do again and again and again and again. And in that way, it's like giving over our energy and blaming our child for taking it. And so the mindset shift is in how do I take care of myself and my child? And, you know, I... I talk sometimes about how parents need to be more selfish. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in this is, it is important that I finish doing what I'm doing, or uh, this is what's important to me. And you're not only helping yourself, but you're also modeling for your child. And then if it's not important, by all means do what your child wants. But how can you stay on task? I've just got to finish this one thing. Your choice is go ask your other parent if there happens to be one nearby (laughs) or wait for me until I'm finished with this. That's, you can do one of those. That's something that I've done in the past is that have my kid follow me to wh- whatever Love I'm that. whatever I'm doing and yep. eating, Come with either me. say you Come can tell me, me when I get there because I don't want to forget. Exactly. Um, I have I've definitely, you know, we've talked a lot about on this podcast, you know, me having ADD and that is a strategy that I've really had to learn is to say to my kids, mm-hmm. I will get derailed mm-hmm. like if if cuz I it's really important for me to I'm yeah. trying I'm trying to just keep my straight line going I'm trying to yeah. make sure I I get there so help me succeed in that you know that's been a struggle yes abs- and absolutely and you're taking care of yourself yes by saying it that way rather than right. would you just leave me alone right, right right and I think also into taking consideration you know this specific situation where cat saying she homeschools her kids too mm-hmm. so She's getting this interruption all the time. All the time. All day long. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, specifically too, to, to, I mean, we we all just have been going through a lockdown, a pandemic, and so we've all been home with our family a lot. And then on top of the people who continued to homeschool or did homeschool anyways, it's just, I think there's more opportunities for this thing to pop up. Yes. And so creating those kind of strategies where being selfish is more about surviving mm-hmm. on as a parent mm-hmm. um, and taking care and being kind to yourself, you know, because there's, there's so right. many negative 
you know, connotation with with selfish. Selfish feels like something totally you should not be doing. Connotation. Yeah. But if you if you don't have that selfish, meaning I am just as important as my child, no more, no less. Right. If you don't have that, it's very, very difficult to set healthy boundaries. Okay, here we go. Validation of feelings always helps children relax, because when you say, I get it, you're normalizing their experience rather than sending a message that there's something wrong. It's always important, no matter how big the emotions are, to give children the message that they're normal. It's only from that place of feeling okay about oneself that we are open to other ways of thinking. Welcome to the podcast, Kat. How are you? Good. Glad to be here. Doing well. Good. So tell me about your kids. I have Landon, who is nine and a half, and Leo is six and a half. All right. And what would you like to talk about today? We've been having the situation come up around boundaries. So it consistently happens where it could be any scenario where I'm getting ready to go on a camping trip with them. And I say, hey, guys, I really need to think and get my list done. Can you please give me some space so I can get this done? And they're always coming to me every couple seconds and needing something or getting into a fight or right. <laughs> any number of things. <laughs> or other scenarios are in day-to-day life or my husband and I need to have a quick conversation um, around logistics or he just needs to tell me something quickly. And we'll say, hey, we're talking. Can you give us a second? And they always are interrupting mm-hmm. and they can't wait until we're done. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it consistently comes up in a lot of different scenarios. And it seems to be one of the big situations that causes us, my husband and I, to escalate into snapping at them. Because mm-hmm. it's like they can't, they're not respecting the boundary or um, listening to what we're requesting and giving us just a minute. And so we just get. It just always ends up, you know, especially if it's consistently happening through a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it gets draining and hard. Yeah. To deal. And then we're more right. likely to snap if it keeps happening all day. And it's like, okay, guys, right. we just, you know, right. and I should also add, I think there is one key important element here. We homeschool the kids. Okay. And my husband works from home. So we are together a lot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there is that need for, you know, other than I guess after the kids go to sleep that my husband and I can talk, but we don't necessarily want to spend our, that little free time that we have, you know, discussing the little things that we could have done during the day, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So when one of them interrupts something, mm-hmm. how do you usually start it off with them? I mean, it, it depends. It's usually, hey, daddy and I are trying to talk right now. Can you give us a couple minutes? Sometimes I think if we're feeling really impatient, and I think it's something that really triggers my husband. So he might be quicker to be like, you know, a little snappier, faster. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it might be something like, you know, can you guys stop interrupting us? Like you, you never stop or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. Okay. You never give us a chance to talk. Sometimes. Okay. So let's think about, I think this is probably common for a lot of people who are listening right now. Let's think about why. What's going on with them when you're trying to talk to each other? Well, they're both very talkative, very outgoing. I feel like they need a lot of interaction. Mm -hmm. So they always just have something to say, right? And my youngest in particular, um, he has a thing where if he can't tell you right away what he needs to say, he legitimately will forget it. And that's really frustrating to him. Uh Aha. So there's that aspect with him. Mm-hmm. My oldest, though, I don't know why, but he's always been an interrupter, always. Mm-hmm. And so, but he's also looks for a lot of interaction from people and likes to, I always tease him that he's going to end up being a sports commentator because he has to like tell you every little thing that's happening. (laughs) And so that gets really draining too, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like always something to tell me and always something to ask me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, buddy, like too much information. He's just, he just likes a lot of human connection. So. All right. And the fact that have they always been homeschooled? Yes. So the fact that they're homeschooled means that they haven't had the experience of having to wait and listen to other kids in the classroom when they're interacting with the teacher, right? Right. So they don't have to do that. They've got you. They've got your attention most of the time. Yeah. When you're homeschooling, I imagine they're able to talk whenever they want. For the most part. Mm -hmm. Okay. When we're reading something, I and again, Leo will interrupt a lot during during read aloud time. Mm. But for the most part, most of the time, I ask him with that to wait till we're done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they haven't been in a ton of situations where it's like a classroom situation where they have to sit and be quiet and raise their hand. There's not been mm-hmm. really any of that. Mm-hmm. How about situations where you have friends over and you're talking? You're having adult conversations, (laughs) trying to have adult Uh, conversations. (laughs) Landon, and this is one of the positive sides of homeschooling, I think, is that our kids are able to talk with people of all ages, and they're very comfortable with it. Um, And again, Landon likes to talk to people. (laughs) Yes, good. So, you know, even like this weekend, we were over at some friend's house and he kept following us outside. And I was like, Landon, I'd like a few minutes with my friends. And he, he actually did listen and go inside, but he kept coming back outside and he wanted to like, you know, tell him about his new video game mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever it is that he is excited about. So I am always encouraging parents when when there are adult friends over to include the kids, not shuffle them off to watch a television show so you can have your adult time. Because it's when you're with other adults that they hopefully learn the intricacies of conversation, how you listen to what somebody's saying, and then you come in with what you want to say. And I think it's great when kids feel comfortable talking with adults. So that part is wonderful. Yeah, and I think we do give them plenty of time to do that. But there comes a point where it's like, hey, I'm sure our friends don't want to sit here and have a conversation 
with the kids the entire time, yes, which right. Landon could do. Right. Landon could have a conversation right. the entire time with our adult friends. Right. And we want to be able to interact too. And that's, I think that's what I'm talking about with boundaries of like balancing. Yes, we want to be connected with them and like include them in things and have let them tell our adult friends about whatever they're excited about. But there comes a point too where, like you said, in conversation and social interactions, you have to know when it's time to say, we're done here. Like it's time to take a step back. How does Landon interact when you and your adult friend are talking about something that is not kid oriented. Do you ever do that? <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit, but again, he, I feel like he tries to dominate the conversation because he has so much that he wants to tell people. Cause there's something that happens within me mm-hmm. when he's around and I'm needing a little bit of space where I have this very visceral reaction of like, I need a little bit of room right now. Um, which is something I've struggled with, with him. I'm wondering if I'm perceiving the situations when I'm talking with my friends, like if there are times where he just sits and listens. And I'm wondering if the, if when you say you need a little space from him, if that requires him not to be there. So what I mean is, can he listen in on the adult conversation and take part in that if he wants or just listen. Because he's at nine and a half, he's getting to that age where he can be interested in what adults are talking about. Definitely. And want to throw in their opinions. So I'm wondering if in your head anyway... You're either, when he's included, you're either talking about what he wants to talk about or he's got to leave in order for you to talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah. And I think I have this feeling where it feels like he always needs something from me. I've always said that there's like this connection that him and I have where I feel like he needs a lot of my energy. Mm -hmm. And it's always been that way, like since he was a baby. Okay, let me just interject something here, because that's very interesting what you said. And there's a big difference between drawing your energy from you and drawing from your energy. Do you know what I mean by the difference there? Like if I feel drained by our interactions versus if I'm just like giving him my attention or like a candle flame. He's just connecting to your energy and building on it, but you're not losing any. I wish I could tell you steps one, two, and three and how to, (laughs) how to make the difference. (laughs) Yeah. But it's a psychological thing, you know? Yeah. And perhaps if you are if you're fearing that he's going to take your energy, then you get in the habit of letting it go. Whereas if you just, if you don't give away anything of yours, he gets to just be a part of it. That's true. And I, I've been wondering a lot lately, and you, you touch on this a lot of like, how we were parented, like how I was parented. And I 
wonder if there's a big aspect of like, there wasn't a a lot of space or energy that was able to be given to me when I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Landon does remind me a lot of myself. Mm-hmm. There, and I think that's why I get, mm-hmm. I f- have a lot of these feelings. Mm-hmm. But I I do truly believe that he is on the more high needs side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which means your high needs. I, I know I am. <laughs> the things that he does right. that drive me crazy are what drives me like crazy about myself. Right, right. But it but it also means if if you've got a high needs child, you're a high needs parent, and that means you need extra self care so that right. you'll be at a place where you don't have to let go of your energy to take care of him. Right. It's very uh, theoretical, and it's not a practical thing. Oh, okay, I'll just hold on to my energy. It's, you know, it's not that easy. But it is a psychological mindset. And if you were never given space and time, if you were not listened to, if you didn't feel that you were an important part of your family, and you had to grab for it, then he's kind of doing the same thing. And perhaps one of the reasons is because that's the only way he can get it because you don't, you don't want to, I'm not saying that you don't allow him to talk. You do. But if if there is a mental um, belief in you that you've got to give him something of you in order for him to have his say and talk about what he wants to talk about, then it's like a, uh, here we go again sort of thing. I think this goes along with the boundaries, which I've been thinking about since our last call. I've wondered if he deals with anxiety because like there's this aspect too of like he got his hair cut recently and he has really, really thick hair and no one ever knows how to cut it. Mm. And we haven't found anyone that knows how to cut <laughs> it. And he was really upset by this haircut. Oh. And it didn't look super great. But he clung to that. I always kind of tease him that he's like a pit bull. Like he like clings to something and won't let it go. Mm. Which is me. Again, that is my personality too. So he like would not stop talking about how bad this haircut was. And I was trying to do what you had suggested to me of like, you know, oh, that, you know that really stinks. I know it's a bummer. I'm sorry. I've had bad haircuts too. I just had one, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to acknowledge that, but he keeps going with it over and over and over again. And it gets to the point where it's like, how long do we do this? And I, and I start losing energy, right? Where I'm like, and, and I'm being triggered by, oh my gosh, this is what I do sometimes. And when is this ever going to end? And is he going to end up like, you know, all of those things. It can go on as long as he wants it to go on, and it goes (laughs) on as long as you want it to. So you can stop it at any time. Yeah, and I I did. I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, like, I don't remember what I said, but I tried to be really gentle about it. And I keep trying to remind myself, too, we've talked about not everything is my responsibility, right? which I know that I am... Uh, have a very chronic problem with that Mm -hmm. (laughs) feeling like everything is my responsibility. Mm -hmm. So teasing out, oh, he's having his own feelings and it's okay. And it's not my responsibility to fix it. 
But it's also like, I can't sit here all day and listen to, you know, you had a bad haircut. Like, I got it. Mm -hmm. And I I empathize with it. But it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. at some point, we have to let this go or move on and talk about it later. Yes, you can let it go, but maybe he can't. Right. And you can give the signal that you're hearing him. You've done your empathizing. Maybe you've even said, is there anything you want to do about it besides let it grow and we'll get another haircut later on? And we, d- and we did do that. Then it's really his. And you don't have to keep going with him as long as he keeps going. But, okay, so what happens when I try to set that boundary? One, how do I set that boundary? And two... He's not going to listen to me when I say it. Like he will he will keep going until he's done. There's nothing you have to say. You just stop. <laughs> you just stop interacting with him. Okay. And maybe there's a mhm. Or the important thing is that you don't turn it into would you stop? <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is the hard yes, part. <laughs> exactly. But you can say I'm done with that right now. I need to focus on something else. Talk about yourself. I am going to. I need to. I'm done. You know, that's the boundary when it's I. You're crossing over that boundary when you expect him to set it. When you expect him to stop talking about it, to take care of you, basically, that's when the boundary gets very messed up. And that's how most of us were raised. It was our responsibility to do what our parents wanted rather than our, than the parents taking responsibility for what was theirs. Your space is your space. Your mental space, your mental capacity, your thoughts, your feelings, all of that is yours. Right. You do not ever need to give that away. Yeah, I guess where I'm stuck there is, like, if I'm needing that mental space, but he's not ready to let it go, right? and he's still talking to me about it, even though I've said, like, hey, I need, you know, I need to move on right now. Then it's how do you shut down? How do you contain that space for yourself? I know, it's not easy. Right, because I also, I've been learning about myself that I get overstimulated by too much noise and too much where, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's talking to me Mm -hmm. and I'm in a family of talkers. Mm -hmm. But in order for me to decompress, like before I had a family, I would just go lock myself in my apartment and read a book for two days, you know? Right. I can't do that now. So it's really hard. You need alone time. Right. You could actually, uh, you know, I'm going to throw this in here. I don't know whether this is practical or not. But if you let everybody know ahead of time, hey, guys, I'm the type of person. I've told them this. (laughs) (laughs) Who needs to have this space. I I can only go so far. And what's going to happen is when I feel that I need to kind of go in, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to do that for me. I need to do it for myself. So I'm going to put on some headphones. Yeah, I've thought about that recently. And that's That's you taking responsibility for yourself. And you're telling them that that ahead of time. So they don't think, oh, mom just doesn't want to listen to me. 
you're you're letting them know ahead of time when I put on the headphones that means I need to just focus on me for a few minutes and then when I take them off I'm all yours that's a good idea I've done that a little bit recently when I'm cooking dinner just so I can block out some of the noise yeah there are people who are very overstimulated by too much noise I hear it a lot <laughs> you're not alone in that and, and you don't realize until like for me until I had a family and it's just like, wow, it's a lot of interacting. And if you're not, like, if you're more introverted, exactly, that can be really challenging exactly. to, like, always be together. And this is where I'm, this is where I mean self-care. This is self-care, right? right? I deserve this. I deserve to have some quiet time. But my boundary tells me that I should not be asking my child to make it possible for me. That's the boundary. A boundary is not a limit. A limit tells Cat's boys what is expected of them. A boundary is for Cat. It tells her that it is her responsibility to own her energy and not to expect her boys to back off to make it easier for her. Her boys have a right to go after what they want, and Kat has a right to have her space. A good boundary claims those rights. They will cooperate more with a limit when the boundary is held by acknowledging everyone's rights and laying no blame. So let's get back to when you're talking to your husband about something. Okay. And how do you deal in a situation like that? So I'm guessing that it's been a number of years that, you know, they're talkative kids. All of that is great. Uh, you know, right. there's nothing wrong with them. They're just doing right. their thing. So if they are saying, and the other important thing is, uh, what you mentioned about Leo, that he truly does forget what he mm -hmm. was going to say. And I'm sure, and Landon is just so exuberant. He just wants to yes. be part of everything, right? right. And Leo truly doesn't want to forget what he's going to say. And these are, th this is where you and your husband need to, uh, need to set your mindset. So they're not, it's not that they're not listening to you because that takes you down. What is wrong with you? Why can't you just give us a couple of minutes? Would you just shut up? <laughs> right? Yes. You want to be in the mindset of, of course they want this. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't right. want to get into the mindset that there's something wrong with them. Because that's when we snap. That's when we get controlling. That's when we try to make them be different than they are. And that's when they get very poor messages about themselves. When the time comes where you want to say, Dad and I need just a couple of minutes, 
I'll, we'll get right back to you, take their agenda into consideration, which means if it's Landon, Landon, I know you want to be part of this. You want to, you want to share your thing. I just need to talk with dad. Let's set the timer. And this is to begin with, right? Because it's going to be hard making this transition. Let's set the timer. I just need uninterrupted time with dad for five minutes. And then I'll, then I promise I'll come to you and say, what was it you wanted to say? And do that. Even if he's at the other end of the house and involved in something else. Whenever you're asking your child not to interrupt, hold that thought. You want to be sure you get back to them as soon as you're ready. That way they learn to trust. And then you don't have to do it forever. You just need to do that in the beginning. That may be where some of the breakdown is because admittedly, I have a poor memory and probably some ADHD of my own. So I may say, hold on. And then I get distracted to do a million other things. And they're like, mom, you always forget. Right. Well, there you go. So if so, I like the idea of the timer because mm-hmm. it's sort of a reminder for me as well. It's good for you too. Let's get back to when, when it's Leo, and you see this all gets easier when you really take your individual children into consideration. When it's Leo, you can say, I know, Leo, you're afraid you're going to forget what you want to say. See, you do want to take time to do this rather than Mm -hmm. just leave us alone for just a couple of minutes. Just, you know, you're just shutting them out and they feel shut out. And whenever Mm -hmm. they feel shut out, they're going to they're going to fight that. They're going to come in. So you want to you want to give the message that I get it. Tell me two words, just two words of what you want to talk about. I'll write them down and then I'll get back to you as soon as I'm done with dad. That's a good idea. And that'll help you remember too cuz you've written something down. I wonder yeah, and I've been thinking, like, once he starts writing, he could have, like, a little notebook so he can do things yeah. like that. But we're we're not quite there mm-hmm. yet. Or even I was thinking, like, he likes to take my phone and do voice notes. Like, if he had something that he could record little voice notes yes. on to remember stuff, yes. like, that could be an option. So I could look into Yes, he could actually. So I don't have to give him my phone every time, no, but right. <laughs> maybe there's something he could do. Right. Like, some kind of device he could use. Yeah. Yeah. So when you really take them into consideration and understand what they want, nothing wrong with what they want. It's just interrupting what you want. You know, when you're in a family where you've got a, a husband and two kids, you've got four agendas working all the time. And, yeah, and I have, I feel like I have to work really hard to remember what I was doing. Like if someone stops me, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to the garage to grab something that Mm -hmm. I need and they stop me and interrupt me and need Mm -hmm. something. I'm like, I have to stay there for a while and go, what was I just going to do? Yes. (laughs) So there's a lot of, there's a, yeah, we all have our own agenda and there's all these different things at play here. They're constantly interacting. So the algorithms are insane. (laughs) So it's boundaries are really about taking responsibility for yourself and allowing your children to take responsibility for themselves. 
so that you can have that space, so that Landon can can draw from your energy, but you don't lose any of it because that's yours. Right. You do not have to give away your energy. And I bet that goes back to some kind of childhood issue where you were, what, what was something that you were told as a child? Do you have a familiar something? I don't remember if my dad said it to me when I was a kid, but definitely as adult, he'd always tell me to stop being so cerebral. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and what did you take from that? I worry too much. I think too much. I should let things go. Mm. Like I'm overreacting. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm worrying about things that aren't important or I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere. Rather than, man, I'm probably an intellectual. <laughs> you know, you could have taken cerebral into a, into a different direction, but I'm sure the tone in which your father said it led you to think the things that you did. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure he was coming from a bad place. I think it's, you know, maybe some of that old school mentality of just like, and probably thought he was trying to help me in of a way. Of course like, he did. Stop worrying so much. Cause I get that. Like with Landon, I hate seeing him worry or be anxious the same way that I was. But, right. But boy, you, you know. didn't, if you had a worry and your father told you it was nothing to worry about, where were you left? I don't know, probably feeling a little crazy. Yeah. Or that what I was feeling wasn't valid. Right. Kat feared that her feelings, and therefore she, was not valid, was crazy. So she learned not to trust herself. Her inner judge tells her that she overreacts and should let things go. So, of course, she will give her energy away. It's probably not right anyway. To counter those voices, Kat needs to reframe those messages by regularly reminding herself something like, My father didn't want me to worry and thought he was helping. I now know that he went about it the wrong way. My feelings were and are absolutely valid, and so are my boys. That's why it's so important to say, I get it, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's, that's really worrying you right now. You don't have to agree. You definitely shouldn't get into, oh, my God, you're worried about that. Let's make sure that never happens again. Right. That's not helpful. But I, I understand that's, a, that's something you're really worried about. That haircut is going to be with you for a while, and I don't, I don't blame you for feeling crummy about it. Yeah. You don't have to say, oh, my God, I agree. Let's go back. Let's sue that hair cutter, you know. <laughs> Let's go tell that guy what right. a bad haircut he yeah. gave you. You don't have to do that. But that's yeah. what we are afraid of when we're validating our children's feelings. We're afraid we're giving permission for something that doesn't is, is not true. All we're doing is saying, I understand you. 
and think how you would have felt in those situations with your dad if he had just said, said I understand. But yeah. he was probably afraid he had to fix it if he gave in to you like that, that that was giving in to you, that that was encouraging you to worry. But yeah. you see how it wouldn't. It would just... I was going to worry no matter what. Right. <laughs> and to feel understood in your worry makes you relax. And you don't worry so much. It's counterintuitive. So just to wrap up here, I think that when when the boys come to you and you and Felix need to talk about something, for one thing, you could bring them into it, put your arm around one of them and say, hang on just a minute. You can be here with us, but I need to talk to your dad. So instead of pushing them away, include them as long as they stay quiet. And that may take a little bit of time for them to get used to. And several reminders. You can stay here with me as long as as we we have a couple of minutes to talk, and then I'll get back to you. Um, The other is letting Landon know that, You get it that he really wants to be part of this, and right now you just need to talk to Dad, and you are going to get back to him as soon as you're done, and then make sure you do it and set a timer. And with Leo, some way that he can write down, see, you're taking seriously what he wants to say, and you're acknowledging that he's afraid he's going to forget, and you're helping him remember. That's being considerate. And then the more considerate you are of them, the more considerate they will be of you as time goes on. (laughs) Not right away. I think that's the hardest part with all this is the time aspect and being consistent with it. So we've definitely seen some some changes with some of the things we've already applied. So it's been good. Great. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kat, for telling me about your kids. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks for listening. I'm Bonnie Harris. If you're curious to learn more or would like to talk to me personally, check out my website, bonnieharris.com, where you can also find my books, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons and Confident Parents' Remarkable Kids. There are also links in the liner notes. And please subscribe to Tell Me About Your Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell Me About Your Kids is produced and scored by Echo Finch.